Welcome to the Movement Podcast with Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center. Today we begin our new series, World Wins, Winning in a Fallen World, with the message entitled, Am I Winning? Where Pastor Josh challenges our perspective on what it really means to win. Let's tune in. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 26. You can have that scripture ready. And also we're going to go to 1 John chapter 5. And we're going to go to verse verse 3. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. So if y'all can get that queued up, I'm going to talk a little bit. And then we're going to get into the word. Amen. So here's the deal. Um, when it comes to... When it comes to where we are, as I said, we were talking in the last series about a series called Photobomb, Unexpected, Unintended, Unannounced Things. And one of my jobs as a pastor is to make sure that you are confident. And that means uh, the Bible talks about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And it says some things. And one of the things it says is that I will not fear for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. One of the jobs of a shepherd, I believe, is to comfort people, and God graces people to help bring comfort. And, you know, one of the ways that I would say you're brought into comfort is by seeing what's about to come. In other words, the taking out the shock factor. And even though some things will still shock you, sometimes I think it can be safe to say that we expect the unexpected. And last series, we just went through just different scenarios where people were faced with unexpected, unintended um, events in their life. And it's important that we don't just get thrown. It's it's not just that when those things happen because they can come, that we don't get thrown off course, but we stay on course. For some people, Corona and COVID-19, the big elephant in the room, was something unexpected that even three months ago we did not see about to happen. But it happened, and it hit hard. And now even some states are reopening and things are coming back to some form of normalcy. But nevertheless, it was unexpected. It was unintended. Some people never would have thought that they would be jobless now, potentially because of what's happening in our nation. And I encourage you to go back and listen to that series about photobombs. And now we're going to start a new series um, called Whirlwinds. Whirlwinds. Now, when you think about the word whirlwinds, you think about uh, you think about something that's just spinning, and and some might even say that might even mean chaos. But I'm not necessarily talking about it from that angle. I'm talking about whirlwinds, W-I-N-S, that we, we're in this world, but we're not of it, and we should be winning. Can I get an amen? And so we started off this whole year talking about winning daily. That's our thing, winning daily. But here's the question that we got to answer before we even get into winning what does it mean to win, right? What does it mean to win? When you play Scrabble, what is, how do you win Scrabble? I know you got some, I know I got some Scrabble champions out there. I might have one in here, but some, how do you, how do you win the game of Scrabble? Come on now. How do you win charades? How do you win, how do you win, uh, how do you win phase 10? How do you win Uno? See, there's a method to the madness or goodness, however you want to say it. That how do you win football? How do you win the basketball game? I mean, what is a win determined by? 
What do you determine a win by? So it's great to say, you know, even, and I'll just go off of the message just for a little bit, but we say things sometimes like, did you have a good day? And we say yes, and we say no. But my question that I want us to kind of go through as we go through this series is to try to answer is, is our yes or our no based on a biblical basis? Is our yes or no, whether or not we had a good day, bad day, whether we're winning or losing, whether we're successful or we're a failure, is it dependent upon what the Bible says? Or is it dependent upon our feelings, our emotions? Because, you know, in this day and time, I believe that it's important for us to realize what is the definition of a real win. Because for some of us that are watching even today, you may be watching and you're going through the trial of your life and you may think you're losing, but you're actually winning. But it's based on who's keeping score and what scoreboards you're going by. You know, when you go to a game, football game, basketball game, which a lot of us haven't been lately because of corona, but when you go to that game, one of the things you look for when you get there, or some people may look for, is what? The scoreboard. Because the scoreboard gives you an assessment of what's going on in the game. It doesn't tell you every drop pass. It doesn't tell you, it doesn't tell you every, it doesn't tell you how they scored the touchdown necessarily all the time. It doesn't tell you what players were on the field the majority of the time. How many it doesn't tell you all of that. Now, some more advanced ones might do it, but 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 probably at a basic level, it's going to tell you how many points have been scored and who scored. And it's going to tell you who's winning. Can I get an amen? It's going to tell you who's winning. And those of you that um, are receiving text messages and emails, you should have an outline of, of our message today. And the message today is entitled, Am I Winning? We're going to define what it means to win. Am I winning? That's a good question to ask in any game. Who's winning? Who's winning? Because if you're not winning on the basis of what God says, then maybe you're not you're you're, you're doing the opposite. You're losing. And we want to make sure that we're clear. And some of you may think you're losing, but you're actually winning. So what definition do you have for win? So important. So important. I mean, let's start with the church. What's our definition of a winning church? Well, years ago, and maybe even months ago, and there's nothing wrong with it, but most people would determine a winning church by how many people you can pack in one building. You see, a win was based on how many people you could get in one building. So if the building could hold a million, then that means you could hold, then you would have a million people, a million and one people. Let's do that. You're overflowing. They're about to shut you down, not for corona, because you got too many people in the building. That, that was the definition of a win for some people. But guess what? What's the definition now? Because I'm going to tell you, most people are streaming in. So is the church losing because people cannot come and meet in the physical four walls? So it's really critical that we realize what we define a win by. Are y'all with me? Some of you might say winning means that I have a savings account of at least 200 grand. It's not bad. I'm not saying it's wrong, but is that a win? Good question. This is something we're going to kind of 
we're going to kind of toggle through in this whole series. Some of you, you lost your job maybe during COVID. You might have lost it, but the question is, are you still winning? Or did you lose because you lost something? Can I tell you that in a, in a basketball game, y'all know what basketball is? Please tell me you know what basketball is because that's going to mess up my example if you don't. If you're near somebody don't know, that don't know what basketball is, teach them what basketball is while you're pastor teaching. But in a basketball game, it doesn't matter how many times you dribble, how many times you shoot, how many times you pass. It doesn't even matter how many times the crowd gives you an applause or shouts your name. What matters at the end of the game is that you what? You win. That's what matters. You can even score a lot of points. But guess what? We all know that sometimes great offenses don't win championships. You got to be able to play defense. So if you shoot a lot of points, you score a lot of points, but at the end of the day, you find out what? That you can still lose even though you scored a whole lot. Y'all not talking to me. Jesus said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? I mean, the world is huge. He said, but what is the profit? What is the benefit if you're still losing your soul? And I believe this, that we have to be careful that we do not determine our winning record by the world standards. And if you are still, maybe you're not, you haven't even come over to the, to the kingdom of God. Hey, we welcome you today to come over. And you might not even know where I'm even coming from. But I'm going to tell you this, case in point, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, died on the cross. And for most people, it probably looked like he lost. But he was winning. So the question is, what is determining whether or not you're winning? What is the ter- determining how you see a win? And so that's what we want to go through in this first opening message of the series, and this series called World Wins. Now, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, it says, loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And verse 5 says, and who can win this battle against the world. Who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Only those who believe Jesus is the Son of God. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. And Paul is talking, and he says, Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, it says, Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? It says, So run to win. There goes win again. So run to win. So run to win. Our lifestyle should be a lifestyle that goes after the win, not after the loss. And then he goes on to say, all athletes are disciplined, he says, in their training. He says, they do it to win 
a prize that will fade away. Now, he's comparing our lives to athletes. He says, but we do it for an eternal prize. And then he goes on to say, verse 26, so I run with purpose in every step. I run, he says, he says, he says, so in order to win, he says, I'm going to run with purpose. He said, in order to win, I'm going to run with purpose. In or, he says, in order to win, I'm going to run with intentionality, with purpose in every step and everything I do. He says, so he says, I'm not just shadow boxing. In the Amplified, it says, he says, I run with an aim. I have, a, I have an intention. I have a bullseye. You know, sin actually means to miss the mark. That's what it means. He says, I run with purpose. That means I'm aiming for something. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. You know, if you don't prepare to win, more than likely, you're not going to win. We know that in football teams, basketball teams, they don't start practicing on the first game. Matter of fact, they don't just come and just show up to the game. They practice. And they have off-season practice. And they lift weights. And they plan and prepare. Earlier this year, we talked about daily disciplines, which I encourage you to go back and listen to, about prayer, about reading the Word of God, daily fellowship. These are disciplines that we should have in operation. It helps us to be strengthened as believers. But Paul says this, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it or developing it to do what it should. I'll just stop right there. So we see this connection that Paul gives us. Paul is saying that my purpose is connected to my win. My purpose is connected to my win. He says, I don't, he says, verse 26, so I run with purpose in every step. Why? Because I'm trying to win, which tells me that your, your, your purpose is related to your win. Or your ability to win is related to your ability to fulfill purpose. And so when we see this, here's the question that I want to ask you, and we, 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 we'll help you out. We got about seven more series or seven more messages in this series. But we got to kind of figure out what our purpose is in life. If you don't know your purpose, then how can you determine your win? My dad would say, he would say, or someone, I believe, I'll eventually say it's my dad. He says, what cannot be defined cannot be determined. So that means that if you don't know what a win is in basketball, how can you say you won? If you don't know what a game is, a win is in football, how can you say you won? And more, more important, the more important question is, how do you win? And if some of y'all trying to, still trying to explain football to your spouse, just keep on praying for them. They still ain't got it yet. But some of them will find out. You, have you ever been at a game with somebody and they're cheering maybe at the wrong places in the wrong time? They're not, they're not cheering because something advanced. They're cheering because, and when something went back because they don't understand the game. And so they don't know when to rejoice. They don't know when to shout. But I believe sometimes as believers, we're applauding things when, when we're, when, and we think it's a win, but it's actually a loss. And sometimes we're discouraged because we think we're losing, but, it, but we're actually winning. And I believe the faster we're able to rightly discern what a win is, our rejoicing is going to come back. Our joy is going to come back. Why? Because now we are finding out the definition of a win. So we see Paul here, 
he, he says that purpose, in so many words, is connected to me winning. He's talking about an eternal prize. But if I would venture to say, generally speaking, you win by fulfilling purpose. So here's, here's the big question we're asking today, because I, I know I'm going to go to some points, but here's the big question. How do I define a win? How do I define a win? I believe that's important to know now because there's a lot of stuff being lost. There's a lot of shots being blocked right now. There's a lot of steals that are happening in the game. There are a lot of people losing businesses right now. I, I, I was just hearing about this past week about one of, my, one of the restaurants. They were probably my top five list of go-tos in the city of High Point. And somebody put up on our group, uh, anyway, that somebody was, said they need to pray for me. I don't know if they were serious or not. And I just let whoever that is, let the Holy Spirit deal with them. But, I, I mean, Earth Fair closed earlier this year. I'll tell you one of them. Earth Fair closed earlier this year. I probably preached about it. You go back and listen to sermons. I'm talking about Earth Fair. It closed. Unexpected. That was a photo bomb. And, and it's gone. Down my other restaurant going. I don't know how many other my restaurants. I might, I might as well not even go to places anymore because it seems like they might be closing. But that place blessed my soul. It blessed my spirit. And it's one of my places that still ain't open back up yet. But I declare they're being revived in Jesus' name. But anyway, I don't know how I got to that. But the point, <laughs> the point is, is that the point is, the point is. No, but the point is that we, we have to be able to determine what it means, what it means to win. It, we have to be able to determine what it means to win. There were some steals that took place. That's what I was saying. And there were some, there were some businesses that have been lost. I was just looking yesterday uh, on 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 just the intensity of this thing on the news and this lady was defiant she says i'm not closing down my business i'm just not going to do it now she was just defiant because some people they're they're having this struggle now of i believe of wanting to feel progress and, and god loves the lady i don't know all the story and, and this might not be the case but the thing is is that there, there are things happening but just because you get a ball stole from you during a game just because somebody blocks your shot, just because somebody says, ooh, because the crowd says, ooh, doesn't mean at the end of the game that you will lose. Come on now. It doesn't mean that, you, that you've lost your win. You can still win even if the crowd don't like you. Can I get an amen? Can I be honest with you? You don't need to score every time you shoot the ball. You just need to score enough to win the game. Can I get an amen? That's a word for some of y'all right now. You don't need to, you don't, listen, you don't need to score every shot you shoot. You just need to score enough to beat the, comp to beat the opponent. Can I get an amen? If you have one point, one point is enough to win the game. So some of us, we're trying to get thousands of points, millions and billions of, of businesses. We want to have 100 businesses by the time we're 40 years old, and that's great. But is that what determines your win? Because Paul is saying here that purpose is connected to your win. And what if God says, my purpose is not for you to have 100 a, a businesses by the age of 40. My purpose is something far greater than that. Now, again, Starting a business, getting married, come on now, because that's hard to ask. Am I winning as a single person if I don't have anybody calling my phone every two days saying, hey, how you doing, just thinking about you? Come on now. Or is my phone dry? Can I, be a, can I win as a single and my phone is dry? Y'all don't know what that means? I'm going to help you. Uh, when your phone is dry, that means nobody contacting you. They're not even pocket dialing you. Come on, can I get an amen? 
And you know that's bad when you don't even get a pocket down. And you know it's bad when somebody call you and because, you know, everybody just so hungry for social, social, you know, fulfillment now maybe. And it's, it's something when somebody call you and you so, you so desperate, you call them back. Did you mean to call me? They said no. And you'd be like, oh, that was a pocket down. You'd be like, come on, man. Come on, you ain't never felt that before? Give an amen if you felt that in your household. And then you find out that they didn't really mean to call you and that they really just didn't know what they were doing. And then you're like, man, how do I win as a single person? I'm 50 years old, and I'm still not married. Am I losing or am I winning? Y'all not talking to me today. Am I winning as a married couple? We're, we're 30 years old, and my wife, her body is slowing down, and I'm slowing down, and we still haven't had a child. Are we winning or are we losing? That's real. That's real talk. We're, we're, we're behind our mortgage payments, and, and we should have been here in our career by now. Are we winning or are we losing? That's the question we got to ask ourselves. Are we winning or are we losing? In our marriage, we don't go on dates like we used to. Does that mean we're winning or are we losing? Come on, marriage class. By the way, we have marriage class in the morning on Zoom. Check it out. Are we winning or are we losing? Is our marriage defined by how many dates we can go on? By how many roses I can, I can line up on the stairs? Is, 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 our, is, our, is our win determined by how, much, how, how, much, how many glasses of sparkling cider I can lay out? Is that, does that determine a win? How many Rolls voices I can get my wife? Is that, is that what determines a win? What, is, what determines and what defines a win or a loss in your marriage as a parent? Your kids hate you. Does that mean you're failing because they hate you? Does that mean you're losing? Because I can tell you right now, we don't always like what God does, but he's still a good father. Can I get an amen? So your children don't have to like you in order for you to be determined or defined as a successful parent. Can I get an amen? So when we look at these things, we got to kind of figure out, are we winning or are we losing in this fallen world? In this fallen world. So it doesn't matter how many times you shot. How many dribbles you made in the game? How many businesses you started? All of it has to align with purpose. Say purpose. Because purpose is something that is critical, I believe, for the win. Critical for the win. So go with me really quickly because my first point is winning means my practices are fulfilling God's purposes for this life. My practices. So in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 26, it tells us something. It says, so I run with purpose in every step. I run with purpose in every step, in, in every move that I make. Is what I'm doing pointing me towards purpose? Is what I'm doing now. Let me just tell you the gen- let me help you out. Let me tell you the general purpose that God has for all mankind. His general purpose is that mankind would please Him. Revelation four verse eleven says He created us for His pleasure. So in other words, whenever we're pleasing God, then that means we're fulfilling purpose. So am what I'm doing right now pleasing God? Or is it simply pleasing me? Now, let me tell you this. When you're pleasing God, you might not always get praise from people. 
but that doesn't mean you're losing, which I believe is a big enemy of winning, is that we love people's praise more than we love God's praise. But can I tell you this? You can have people's praise and still lose. Just because the crowd is cheering doesn't mean you're winning. And so we, we have to make sure that we are determining our win and our progress by the right crowd, by the right cheers. Because what the world finds honorable, God finds detestable. And I'm, don't, don't feel condemned. I'm just, I think that a lot of us hopefully are going to get free in this series because we're so addicted to the like on Facebook. We're so addicted to being shared. On, we're, we're so obsessed sometimes with the praises of men more than the approval of God. And I want God to approve my life. Because I can tell you this, Jesus hanging on the cross for hours, I can tell you this right now, he was being mocked. He wasn't being praised. He was being mocked on the cross, but he was winning. Matter of fact, because of his sacrifice and his practice towards purpose, all of us today can call on the name of the Lord and we can be saved and we can be free from past curses. We can be free from past bondages. Why? Because a man named Jesus came to earth and didn't think it was robbery to become a servant on earth and to die for people who, by the way, all of them wouldn't believe. So can I ask you a question? Did Jesus win? Because guess what? Everybody that he died for didn't get saved, but he's still a winner. He still fulfilled purpose. See, can I tell you this? Everything he invested, he's not getting a full return on. You say, why? Because everybody, because his blood didn't just cover those who got saved. His blood is even covering those who didn't get saved. So what happens when you get less than what you put out? Y'all ain't talking to me. See, it's about fulfilling purpose. And some of us are looking at our life right now and says, I put out so much, but I'm only getting so little back. But even Jesus gave a great investment of his blood for the whole world, and he doesn't even get the whole world back guaranteed. So one of the things we have to understand is who is determining whether or not we're winning? That's what we got to figure out. So Paul said, I run with purpose in every step, every action I have. It aligns with purpose, pleasing God, worshiping him, honoring him. Holiness pleases God. I'm winning if I'm living holy. Can I get an amen? You know, holiness doesn't stop just because of COVID-19. Amen. God still wants us to be consecrated. Pain is no excuse to stop being holy. Can I get an amen? And 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, it says this, And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. Athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. So here's what I'm going to tell you real quick. If you're ever watching a football game, and you might be watching it, and, and it's, it's, it's a catch that's made on the sidelines, sometimes they have to go back and review the play. You know why? Because the rule says that if you're not in bounds, your catch doesn't count. In other words, you can, you can run 30, 40 yards, but that play can get called back if you broke the rules. You ain't talking to me. It doesn't even count. So in other words, you, you're, not even, you're not even able to win if you're not following the rules. Somebody said, I dropped 50 points. You dropped it after the buzzer. It doesn't count. You got to drop it within the time frame. Can I get an amen? Like you got to play within the rules of the game in order to win. 
So, so, so somebody said, well, I, I just dropped four businesses that are making me millions of dollars each year. But just because you're making all of that money doesn't mean you're necessarily winning because athletes have to play by the rules. They can't make up their own. So can I ask you a question? Are you really winning? Are you really losing? Jesus lost some blood for us. He lost some friends. He lost some of his type disciples. But was he winning? Yes, because he was following the rule of his father to go to the cross. And he didn't step outside of it. See, I think some of you are getting free now because some of you feel like, man, if I don't have a lot of stuff, then I'm not winning. But sometimes you can lose and still win. And sometimes you can win things and still lose ultimately. You can be winning the first three quarters of the game and still and still lose the game if they come back at the, in the fourth quarter. It's not about what we did the first three quarters. Come on now. It, it's, it's about what, we, what that scoreboard shows at the end of the game. And so there's some people maybe, you're, doing, you're giving a lot of effort and energy, you're shaking people on the field, you're stiff-arming, you're doing a lot of things, and then you find out that the flag was thrown and they're calling it back. And it doesn't even count. It doesn't, what does it profit a man <laughs> to gain all this stuff and still lose? Still lose. So people of God, I want to encourage you today that, the, that, that we got we to gotta kind of readjust our standards and our values. and Because well, we, it's, it's really tough right now. I mean, how do you win after a divorce? How do I consider myself a winner after a divorce? After the loss of someone I really love. Well, one of the ways is, am I still practicing according to my purpose? Am I still living a life where I practice a lifestyle that submits to God's purpose for my life? Did I lose my love? I got a question here. Did I lose my love for God and for people? In Revelations 2, it says, you have fallen. You have fallen. You, you no longer love me or you no longer love the people. You have fallen. Can I tell you one of the signs that, you're, that, that we're starting to lose is that our love begins to dwindle. Our love begins to dwindle. Paul said, he says, it doesn't really count for nothing. He said, you can move mountains. He said, you can know all of this knowledge in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, but if you don't love, it don't count for nothing. It don't even count. You did all those juke moves, but if you don't love people, come on now, you can score five touchdowns, but they can all be called back potentially if you don't love. Can I get an amen? So we're seeing here, man, in the Bible, I think what they judge a win by and what we judge a win by sometimes are two different things. What they judge as progress compared to what we judge as progress can be two different things. And listen, this, is not a, this shouldn't be about putting your party out, popping your balloon today. But this is about reassessing what we consider a win to be. Number two, winning means my possessions are helping fulfill God's purpose for this life. My possessions. So my practices is what I do. My possessions is what I have. My practices are what I do. My possessions are what I have, what I've acquired, what I've been able to bring into my life since I've been on this earth. My possessions, are they helping me to fulfill my purpose? And I believe this point right here is going to bring healing to some people because I believe so many times in life, we can find ourselves losing things. It might, you know, what do you do when you talk to someone who's been praying like, like we did for my dad for however long, praying and praying and praying, and he still dies and he's no longer here? Did we lose? Are we no longer victorious 
because someone who we prayed for died, a loved one died, or a family member died, whatever the case be. Am I a loser? Because the job I prayed for, I didn't get it. Am I a loser? And nobody wants to feel like a loser. Everybody wants to feel like a winner. And this point, I believe, is going to help some people out because the enemy maybe has been lying to you and he's been telling you, you are a loser. He might have been telling you, you cannot win. He might be telling you, it's all over. You can never be successful. You are a failure. Because you committed adultery, you are a failure. You can never, you can never return back to what God has for you. But the Bible does say, say that a godly man falls seven times, but he gets back up. So a lot of us are judging sometimes, and I'm just going to jump into this point really quickly. We're judging our success by how many times we don't fall or stumble. Yeah. Yeah. Say yeah. Come on. Just say yeah right on there. Because winning is not determined by the absence of problems, but the advancement of purpose. It's not determined by the absence of problems. Some of us feel I can get rid of all my problems and just do everything right, which I believe is that can be winning if it's pleasing God. But the Bible says a godly man falls seven times. He falls. He trips. You'd be like, I've been tripping. Well, what 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 if you what if your tripping still doesn't disqualify you from being a winner? And some of us maybe need to know that today you said, man, I tripped in my marriage. I'm tripping in my finances. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're out for the count. You just got to believe that God can redeem and God can restore and God can pick back up. See, it's not about I don't think how many times you fall. It's about the fact that you keep getting back up. Are you getting back up? Paul said, I've been knocked down. We've been knocked down, but we're not destroyed. We've been knocked down. Some of us have been knocked down by what's going on, but that doesn't mean you're destroyed. And I believe defeat is, deter- is defined by if you stay there, not if you get knocked down. Defeat is an attitude that you possess when you get knocked down. You say, I'm going to stay here. I'm never going to leave five years ago what happened to me, when my friend betrayed me, when my spouse betrayed me. I'm going to stay right here in this place of defeat. I'm not going to get up in my mind. I'm not going to get up in my attitude. But I declare today that you're getting back up again. Come on, you're getting back up again. You're getting, I know it hurt, but you're getting back up again. I know it hurt, but you're loving again. I know it hurt, but you're having faith again. The Bible says hope deferred, make it the heart sick. I know your heart may be sick, but I declare that you're hoping again for the things of God to come to pass in your life. And I want to go really quickly to just a quick scripture in Genesis chapter 32. And it's about a man named Jacob. You know, we talked about Jacob in photobomb, the photobomb series, but I want to go back to him because Jacob has a picture, I believe, of winning. And I believe it's going to help us to get a clear picture of what it really means to win. Now, just really quickly, because I know time is ticking, but Jacob was a trickster, y'all. That's all it is to it. He was a straight-up trickster. I mean, he was from up top. You know what I mean? He was, he was quick with his mouth. He was smooth with his hands. He was, he was a trickster. He would, you turn your head, it's over. No, he was a trickster. But God had a purpose for Jacob, that his brother, his family would serve him. Jacob was also eventually called Israel. He would be the father of the, 12, of the, of the tribes of the nation of Israel. So he had this purpose but, but Jacob was facing a trial in his life where he was about to see his brother again, who some may estimate between, it may be between about 20, 34 years he had not seen. He had separated from him. 
Why? Because he had run from him. Why? Because he stole his birthright. And you probably be running too. So he was running and, and he, he had not, they, imagine not having a conversation with that person you had an argument with 20 family reunions ago. You, you, you haven't had another conversation since then. So for about maybe 20 plus, 30 plus years, Jacob is separated from his brother. He's about to go face his brother named Esau. Say it with me, say Esau. He was about to go face his brother Esau. And he's, he's about to, he doesn't know what's going to happen. The, somebody told him, hey, he's coming with 400 army men. He didn't know if he was going to try to attack them. Jacob is sitting there. He's trying to split up his family, seeing gifts. He's trying, to, he's trying to pacify his brother. He's trying to, he's trying to calm him down so that he won't attack him. All these kind of crazy things that happen. Look at what it says. So what happens is after doing all that, it says Genesis 32, verse 22, during the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. And I'm reading verse 23. I'm sorry. I jumped back. I told you one scripture and I jumped back, I think. It says, but verse 24, this left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. It says, when the man saw that he would not win this match, or the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of socket. He touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. Now, I believe somebody said, did that hurt Jacob? Well, it might not have hurt, but it was meant to disable him. That's why I believe right after he touched his socket, that he said, let me go. In other words, it's like you're fighting somebody and they bite you on the ear. They do a cheap move or like somebody. Well, anyway, you know, they bite you on the ear or they, or they, they, they pinch you or they do something. They, 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 they do a little sneaky move to you. He does one of those things that he says, Jacob, let me go. And this is what Jacob says. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Can I just speak right now to some of you? You cannot let go in this season. I don't care how bad it hurts. I don't care what you lost. You cannot let go of what God has for you. And then he said, then he says, your name will no longer be Jacob. The man told him from now on, you will be called Israel. So you got to move from old season of Jacob. You got to move to Israel. You got to move to a new normal. Y'all ain't talking to me today. He said, because you have fought with God and with who? Men and have won. He says, and have won. He says, you've won. And he says, please tell me your name. Jacob said, why do you want me to, why do you want to know my name? The man replied, then he blessed Jacob there. And verse 30 says, Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. And the sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping. Look at what it says. I want you to see this. It says, he was limping. Why? Because of the injury to his hip. Now, a lot of us would look at that and say, if they saw Jacob walking, they'd be like, he just got his tail whooped. But in all actuality, his limp did not define his victory. Come on now. He, he, he was limping, but he was still a winner. Y'all ain't talking to me today. And see, some of you walk through some stuff, and you got a limp. And, and, and it's got you limping. You, 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 you got a new way of walking. Y'all ain't talking to me. Corona got some people limping. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Say, here's the thing. Tell, tell, tell your neighbor, because I, I, mean, I ain't going to finish until you say, here's the thing. 
Jacob's loss did not disqualify him from winning. What was his loss? What, what What was his pain, I rather should say? His pain was that he got injured in the midst of fighting for a win. It did not disqualify him. Some of you got injured. But listen, your injury doesn't disqualify you from the victory. How many times have you seen games where people won injured? Number, the B part of that same, of number two, Jacob's loss or his pain did not stop him from pursuing the win. Now, you got to understand, he's hurting, he's injured, and he's still fighting. He's still fighting for the win. He's hurting. It's a bloody win. It's an ugly win. See, some of us want pretty wins, but sometimes, can I suggest it to you, God will give you an ugly win. He'll give you an ugly win. It doesn't look pretty, but you still got the win. Amen. And then see, it says, Jacob's win did not recover what he lost or what was injured. It didn't recover it. Why is it so important to know? I want to give you a word. Some of us, some of us are saying, when are we going to go back to normal? When are we going to go back to walking normal again? When are we going to go back where we don't have the limp anymore? The Bible never says Jacob got healed from the limp. Can I tell you this? The limp doesn't have to go for you to get the victory. Come on now. What you lost doesn't have to come back in order for you to get the victory. There might have been some people that left out of your life. There might have been some money that left out of your life. There may have been some businesses that left out of your life. But if they're not stopping you from fulfilling purpose, they can't keep you from winning. And I'm here to tell you today that Jacob won with a limp. He won with a limp. He won with a limp. And some of you say, why am I hurting so much? I can't be winning. But Jacob was injured and still winning. Can I get an amen? Jacob was injured and still winning. Some of us want a painless victory, but sometimes your victories have to come with some pain. Come on now. And God did not restore what he lost or what was injured. Some of us say, man, I just wish I can get my parent back. Then I'll be a winner. No, can I be honest with you? All you need is what God has for you to fulfill your purpose. And guess what? You're going to still make it. I know you're still hurting from the job loss, but you're still going to make it. I know you might be hurting from the bad divorce, but you're going to make it. Can I tell you this? You're going to still fulfill purpose with a limp. You're going to fulfill it with a limp. You're going to still win with a limp. You're going to still have the victory with a limp. And listen, don't try to get your limp removed. Jacob never got the limp removed according to scripture for the rest of his life he had to walk different he had a new normal he had a new normal but he was victorious he fought with God and he won he fought with men and he won and so many of us even now corona we're realizing maybe we're not going to be able to go back to the old normal we got a limp now we're walking different we're acting different our conduct is different but that doesn't mean you're a loser because victory sometimes is not pretty Jesus still has the holes in his hand. Come on now. He is victorious. He is a winner. Lastly, number three, winning means my power to fulfill God's purpose. My power to fulfill God's purpose for my life comes from God. My dad used to say like this, what God requires, requires God. Requires God. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, it says, hey, man, you you win this battle against this world, by believing in Jesus Christ. You win this battle in this world. And I'm not saying you can't fulfill some of your purpose uh, in and of your own strength. God might strategically set it up for you to do that, allow you. But even that, that might even be still God himself doing it. But to walk in this thing in fullness, a real win, a full win, will not come until you put your belief in Jesus Christ. You cannot fulfill what he created you to do in fullness 
until you step into Christ Jesus. You got to put your faith in Christ Jesus. You got to depend on Christ Jesus. You got to get rid of self-dependence. And I know it's hard. A lot of us, we've been dependent on ourselves for so long. We don't know what else to do, but we're finding out now in these hard times, we can't depend on our intellect anymore. We can't depend on our strength anymore. We can't depend on how witty we are anymore. We cannot depend on our own understanding. We got to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. So I'm looking and I'm declaring that there's some winners. And if you're not a winner yet, you're becoming a winner on this camera. You, 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 you're becoming a winner. You're walking in victory, the victory that Jesus paid for you to walk. in. you know, he's already paid the price for us to be victorious. But we've got to experience it here on earth. We've got to live it here on earth. Can I get an amen? So today, here's a question. Am I losing my love for, for God and for people? Am, am I, am I, is that the, that the loss that I had stopped me from fulfilling God's purpose for my life? I know it hurt, but did it hinder me from winning? And did I allow that loss to stop, to keep me from loving God, obeying him, from fulfilling his purpose for my life? And then lastly, did I lose my faith? Did I lose my faith? Did I lose my faith? The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. One of our purposes for living is to please God. Can I suggest that you cannot walk in the full purpose that God has for you until you have faith, until you walk by faith. So right there in your homes, listen, man, we want to be winners here. We want to be winners. We don't want to just, we want to experience winning. We want to, we want to experience the victory. So some of you today, you may be saying, man, I'm rethinking my life. I'm reassessing some things I thought I won in, maybe I didn't win in. Some things I lost, I thought I lost in, I didn't really lose. But whatever the case be, I just want to let you know today that you can be a true winner through the way of Jesus Christ. Listen, if you're watching today and you say, Pastor Josh, I want to be a winner. I want to be a winner in this fallen world. I want to win in this world. I know it's crazy stuff happening all around us, but I want to be a winner. I want to be a winner on God's scoreboard, not on my scoreboard. That's you today. I'm going to count to three. Just right there in your homes. Just slip up your hands and pray this prayer with me. One, if that's you, get ready. Two, get ready. Three, slip your hands up right there. Come on, just slip your hands up right there. Just pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me whole. Jesus, today I follow you. I depend on you. I put my faith in you. And Lord, help me to love people like you love me. And help me to love you and obey your commandments. For the rest of my days, may I walk in victory. May I conquer this world in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Give a shout of praise to the Lord. Amen. Listen. Listen. If you made that prayer just now, you prayed that prayer. Up on the screen, there's a there's a, a text message I want you to text to 414-11 and follow Christ. 414-11, and I want you to type in follow Christ. There's some information that we can that um, we're gonna we're gonna get from you. We're gonna be in connection with you about the decision you made today. Even if you rededicate it, you might want to rededicate it. Text in follow Christ to that number. Amen. Thank you for joining us. And if you made that decision. That is one of the greatest decisions you can ever make. Amen. So right now we're going to get ready for the rest of our service. We've got a time to give to the Lord. And are you ready to give? Come on, shout if you're ready to give in your households. Amen. 
there's a couple ways that we give. Number one, we give online. Have online giving right there on your screen right after the service. You ain't got to give now. But right after the service, you're going to click on online giving, and it'll take you from there. When you give, it, it, it immediately comes out of your account on online giving. Text message, you can give text message 203-0708 is the number, 336 area code. Text in your amount, amen, and you can give by way of text message. That's really the way I, I give. Um, and so then lastly, third way is to give by mail, by mail. You can mail in your offering. It should be up on the screen for you right now. So just make sure that um, that you pay attention to what's on the screen so you can be directed on how to give. Thank you all who have already been given. Thank you for your support. Um, I want to encourage you to continue giving. If you believe in this ministry, continue on. If you've never given to this ministry, you can start today. We welcome your offerings and your gifts to the Lord. So believe God for great things in your life. And I declare that you are going to win in 2020, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how many shots you've missed, no matter how many times the enemy's stolen something from you, no matter how many times somebody has, has, has mocked you or scorned you, I declare you're going to win in Jesus' name. May God bless you and may God keep you until the next. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Movement Podcast. We pray that this word has richly blessed your life. If it has, we ask that you share it with others, especially during such a time as this. As always, we'd love to connect with you. Visit us on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian, Facebook, Triad Christian Center, or visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org, where we are streaming live Sundays at 11 a.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Until next week, be blessed.